Hello and welcome to The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to resource and support them towards growth in all areas of life, spiritual, personal and professional. We seek to do this through The Genius Podcast, the Catholic Women's Masterclass, our live virtual events and our Catholic Women's Summit, as well as our Catholic Coaching Programs for Women and The Genius Academy. If you are interested in any of these initiatives, please visit our website at www.geniusproject.co or you can send me an email at karen at geniusproject.co. This week, ladies, we're going to be deep diving into the fourth week of Lent and exploring one of the disciplines of Lent, which most of us tend to avoid. And if we engage in it, sometimes we do so reluctantly. And that is the discipline of fasting. We've looked at prayer, we'll be taking a look at almsgiving, but today we're going to be deep diving into this pillar of fasting. To help me explore this topic, I have invited Beth Bubik from The Catholic Fasting Coach to help me unpack this topic for you this week. Beth is a certified life coach. She has also been through the same training as I have to become a professionally trained Catholic coach through Metanoia Catholic. And she brings a wealth of experience to the table on this topic of fasting. So ladies, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Beth. Well, Beth, welcome to the Genius Podcast. It's wonderful to have you with us all the way from the US. So welcome. Thank you. It's really it's lovely to, to have here. you. You actually played a very beautiful role in my life last year when I hit the wall with lockdowns and COVID, didn't you? You were very supportive and I'm so grateful for your time because we did a bit of coaching. So I met Beth. She was my drill instructor when I went through the Purgative Way Metanoia Catholic training course to be a professionally trained Catholic coach. Um, and so, Beth, you really stepped in and, and gave me one-on-one training on first-hand experience on how to train my mind to get over some of those hurdles. So it was great. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. You're a beautiful soul, Karen. So it was very easy. Oh, well, look, it was such a gift because I was really struggling. We're in the middle of homeschooling, trying to run the business and the lockdowns felt like they were going to go forever. And, you know, your mind starts spinning. So whether it's that situation or anybody else, but the Purgative Way course was very helpful and, and your impact during that time was such a gift. So wonderful to have you with us. And today we're going to be talking about fasting because we're going through this season of Lent and fasting is one of the disciplines of Lent. We have prayer, fasting and almsgiving. And this is a real passion of yours. So before we jump in to talk about fasting, I'd love for you to just to share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Oh, thank you, Karen. Oh my gosh. I love to fast and um, I'll tell you the little story about how it really came into my life full blown. And so I had the motivation to, to learn how to do it. Um, I am married to my husband, Mike, and we will celebrate our 32nd anniversary on Thursday. And we have three wonderful adult children um, who live in different states in the United States. I'm from Union, Michigan, and we live on a lake out in the woods, and it's absolutely beautiful and just have a lovely, lovely time out here. So I am a spiritual fasting coach. And before that, I was a Catholic school teacher and an engineer and in and out of the mom world, staying home, working, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, but I always wanted to be a life coach. I mean, like 10 years ago until I found 
the life coach school where I got my certification, which is secular. And then I knew there was a missing Catholic component. So that's when I went to um, Metanoia Catholic and became a Catholic certified coach. And then they hired me as a drill instructor and I'm still with them and I have my own business as well. So it's wonderful. Yeah, well, you're very, very good at what you do. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. Come from you, so uh, that it's been fantastic. But you have really found your niche in this area of coaching with the fasting, haven't you? Can you share yeah. a little bit about what on earth? I mean, you said you love fasting. I'm like, this is going to be a very challenging podcast interview for me because I don't like fasting. So I'm hoping to learn. But how did you get into fasting and coaching in this area? What drew you to it? Well, um, by the way, I just have to tell you that when you and I were coaching, I had post-it notes up on my refrigerator and other areas in the house that said fasting for Australia. And my kids would come home and they'd be like, what, what's the, what's the fasting for Australia for? (laughs) And I would tell them all about, you know, the problems that you were having and I was fasting for you. And it was just a good reminder. So, um, I'd always wanted to fast to spiritually fast and I would try. And like everyone else, um, I had like one good Lent in my 50 years of trying to do Lent. And, um, I, and I always went, went back to that one Lent where I gave up sugar and alcohol and I can't even remember what else. I gave up like three things. Everything is Trinitarian, right? So anyway, um, I just thought I have to learn how to do this. And then my mom during the lockdown was during COVID in the United States was in a nursing home, just two miles up the road. And she was locked down and month after month went by and she was very sad. And my family and I, we were just heartbroken and didn't know what to do with her and if we should take her out or not. And then I decided I am going to spiritually fast. I am going to learn right now. The Lord was just calling me. And so I was very motivated just like you were saying, you know, you're very motivated sometimes to do things right. And so that motivation factor was high. And I was already in my life coaching program as a weight loss coach. And I was thinking, wow, I'm going to use all these skills for weight loss, which is giving up sugar and flour for various reasons that I'll go into. And I'm going to do that and combine that with spiritual fasting, put the two together and see if this is amazingly successful. And it was, was it? by all counts. Yes. In what way? So that, well, okay. So I knew, um, I knew that I could unite my sufferings to Christ's sufferings with my mother and her sufferings and offer up fasting. And fasting is just a rest from food for a period of time. So, you know, people make a big deal out of it. Like it's water all day. It can be the blessed mother says fasting can be what you want it to be. Um, but she's asking us to fast. And so, um, I knew that I didn't have to give up just drink water. Cause I couldn't do that. So I thought I'm going to drink, I'm just going to give up sugar and flour in my diet as fasting. And I found myself on a eat fast feast cycle where I was eating on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and just three meals a day, no sugar flour. And on Wednesdays and Fridays, I was fasting on one meal a day. And then Sundays I would feast because that's Easter. That's like little, little Easter's. So I kind of came up with this delay and pray model and it was very successful and I was managing my thoughts. That's a big thing with coaching. And so, but it was really, um, it was really the motivation of just wanting Jesus to help us so desperately with my mom. And then 
getting um, unaddicted or, you know, I was addicted to sugar and flour. I didn't know I was, but I, I really was. And then all the ins and outs of why sugar and flour are so addictive and then why that makes it hard for people to fast. So all of these things came together in my program and I was able to, to fast. So thing is, um, we had miracles and breakthroughs right away with my mom. We ended up getting into the nursing home one of the few people that were in there, we don't know how we did it. It was absolute fasting. It was a miracle. And I became so close to God. And then all of a sudden, because I wasn't buffering with food, like before, um, the dreams on my heart just came alive. Like all of a sudden I could do really hard, challenging things. And I thought to myself, this is, this is just amazing. I want to teach this to others. And that's where I am today. Beautiful. Gosh, I love the way that you've just unpacked that journey because there's so much in that, which we'll unpack in this episode together. But you touched on this word buffering, which I think is something that it's a new word. We don't tend to use that word in Australia, but it kind of means numbing, doesn't it? What we use to fill the gap. And so I think a lot of people use food, some use tech, some use shopping, working out excessively. Whatever it is, we all have those vices in our life. But when we fast, what it's actually doing is it's really ordering our desires and our loves, isn't it? Like it's really that stripping away so we can see what we're clinging to. And, and there's an invitation there to actually be clinging to the Lord so that he can give us our graces, like you said about dreaming. Your dreams came alive in that space. Yeah. So there are huge benefits to fasting. I mean, there's health benefits, but the spiritual benefits are enormous. And I think that sometimes we forget that. I had my sisterhood group who I've been meeting with once a fortnight for 12 years. So there's five of us women. And last night we were talking about how our Lent is going. And a couple of them are reflecting just on how we, we don't like Lent because we don't like the self-denial of food and chocolate. And sometimes life is just busy and hard. So chocolate and wine is nice. But we were all really convicted about this invitation to go deeper this length, particularly in this area of fasting and, and self-denial. Mm. And I'm wondering if you can speak into, I guess, some of the mindset blocks and barriers some women have when it comes to fasting, because I definitely have them in my life. And, and we were mm. joking around last night about them, but the mindsets that we hold are actually incredibly powerful because they can keep us contained or if we can deal with them, they can break us through and we can actually step into a newfound freedom and, and a whole different world. So are you able to just speak into some of those mindset blocks that women face when it comes to fasting? Absolutely. So what I have found is that we, we all know that we are body and soul composite. So body and soul together cannot be separated until earthly death. And so they go together and we have to work with both of them. So what'll happen is um, I work with my clients on their body um, first, and then we apply all the sacraments around bodily fasting. So um, we give up sugar and flour and alcohol for Lent. And I know that sounds really hard, but I love Lent. When I hear someone say, I, oh, I can't stand Lent. I say, oh, come with me. I absolutely love Lent. So what we start out with is the reasons why it's hard to give up sugar and flour is because it gives you a dopamine and serotonin hit. Basically it floods your body with serotonin, gives you this dopamine hit and it's really comfortable. 
and it's physical. And so that's why it's so hard to give up bodily and neurologically because it's really giving you comfort and that's where the buffering comes in. So when you try to give something up that gives you a lot of comfort, it gives you a lot of pain. And we know in, you know, in our brains love to stay the same. They love to avoid pain and they love comfort. And the Lord designed us that way so that we, we would be rewarded for life-giving activities. That's what our brain does. You know, he wants us to stay alive. He has dreams for us. He's written those on our hearts. He has mission for us. So we really want to stay alive, but we are addicted to sugar and flour. So it's very hard to fast. So first thing I do is we, we work on giving up the sugar and the flour and the reasons why we have this over desire through the dopamine, which actually results in over hunger. And then that re results in overeating. And so when you have that circle going around, it's really hard to fast. So now I give them all the information about why we should manage our insulin because of the sugar and flour and how it raises our insulin really high. And they're so excited with this. But the thing is, have you ever read something like a book and you have all the information and then you put it down and you don't apply it at all? You're like, wow. And then you say, why can't I do that? This is so this is so important. This is so amazing. Why can't I do this? Well, it's because our minds. Okay. So I show them, um, a little graph where in my program that there's a little hill and you're at the bottom and then your desire is at the top and there's a little stick figure in the middle and the stick figure is holding a little sack of limited beliefs and anything worth doing is a little bit of a challenge, just like Lent anything worth doing, getting to heaven, losing weight, being spiritually close to God, um, deriving, just learning how to mortify yourself and have self-control and restraint in so many areas can start with food. It's the best way to start is food. But unfortunately, we carry these beliefs in the sack that keeps us stuck right in the middle and stops us from going up the hill to our true desires, which is really beatitude and face-to-face -face with our Lord. So we actually unpack brick by brick these limited beliefs. And some of those limited beliefs are, this is just too hard. Or they go back to past experiences. We all do it and say, yeah, I've done this before. Last Lent, I couldn't do it. I'm not going to be able to do it now. So there are all these thoughts that come ra racing in. I'm not good enough. I love food. I can't do it. You name it. The thoughts are all there. And then we kind of get a little bit nitty gritty underneath those thoughts, which can also be something like I'm not worthy or just you know, I don't deserve this. And so we'll work on those as well. So once we can get these limited beliefs turned around and shifted into love and abundance, I can fast. Sugar and flour is not the focus of my life. Food is not the focus of my life. Love is the focus of my life. Living for others is the focus of my life. And as we start to just shift over the 15 weeks to that, then we can actually spiritually fast and we can do it all year round. And Lent is just the kickoff. Yeah. And so by the time you get to Easter morning, you're standing in church on Easter morning and you're hungry and you're just absolutely glowing because you did it. Yeah. And there's, and you're so close to God and that the, you, you are coming out of the tomb, you know, just like Jesus. And you also are resurrected because in, in body and in soul, and you have this new life. Mm. And the beauty though, is on the eat fast feast cycle, you can just keep going because a lot of people don't know what to do. Easter comes That's and they're right. like, 
well, do I go right back to my lattes at Starbucks? And do I go right back to my, whatever it is, <laughs> my sugar and flour? And the question is, no, no, because you're growing in virtue. You're ascending to the father in, in virtue and you're getting, unwinding those vices and, and growing those virtues and becoming closer to God. And when you're doing that, you're becoming a better person. And then you're all of a sudden, all the dreams on your heart, all the ache, all the mission becomes apparent. And you're like, okay, this is an impossible goal, but I know I can do it now. Mm. And if I'm going to have an impossible goal, then I'm going to need Jesus to help me there, to help me get there. And then you're just, your life just opens up and then there's miracles everywhere. And then you start just fasting for everything. You start fasting for somebody that's in line at the grocery store that you know, that needs help, that, that looks like they're sick. And then you start fasting for Australia. And then you start fasting for your daughter and your husband and breakthroughs in your finances. And then it's just this year round um, opportunity. I feel um, and I think the world needs fasting, especially now, especially now, like fasting for Ukraine, fasting for Australia. It just, we are, we're just, we're losing opportunity by not fasting. Yeah, absolutely. And there's such a beautiful invitation in that. So the church gives us these beautiful seasons for a reason and a purpose. They're not random. They're not just they're very intentional to give us punctuations in our life and in our routines to draw aside and to, I guess, reset, to reevaluate where we're going personally, but also spiritually. And yeah. I think you make that point that we are a unity of body and soul. So what we do corporally affects us spiritually. I remember many years ago going on a silent retreat and the priest said to me, go away, sleep, and then have a big meal, go for a walk in the sun and then pray. So he mm -hmm. was saying that unless like our bodies are in a position and we've prepared them and in a created space there, we're not necessarily going to hear from the Lord. So what you're saying with your course is you're looking at, I guess, the physical first and the body and, and setting mm -hmm. the body up for fasting. And then once that's happened, then you move into the spiritual. And I think that's a beautiful way oh, to do it. Absolutely. I love how you said that. It, it truly is. You When you fast and then as you go through the weeks, you learn to intermittent fast. So when you get to the point where you can have one or two meals on a day and you're fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays, like maybe on a meal. And some people do get to bread and water. It just, you know, it's kind of up to you. You decide what you want to do. You, you are hungry, but since you're fat adapted, you're not hangry mm. and you're not dying of like, oh, I can't move. <laughs> you're actually stopping. clearer and you're actually being able to work better with a clearer head, more efficient, but you're constantly praying because you are hungry, but you're trying to make it until, you know, five o'clock that evening or something to, to eat your meal. And what's happening is that physical space that doesn't have food in it, all of a sudden you're just filling it with the Lord. You're filling it with spiritual things. You're filling it with the holy angels. I'm just constantly calling down the holy angels to take my sacrifices up to Jesus um, in gratitude for the value of my life mm -hmm. and those around me. And I'm constantly looking at prayers from the saints and fasting prayers and constantly filling myself up with him. And what he gives then to me is just amazing things that are happening around, around me. I can see, he actually lets me see some miracles and breakthroughs that are happening. They happen very, they happen very quickly. Um, and so that just leads me to, to, 
being motivated to fast again. Now, do I fail? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is this Lent. Um, I've already, you know, we've had some parties um, that have happened because of a bridal shower and weddings and things that happened, you know, um, during the Lenten season. And I've just planned for it and that's okay. And then it's wonderful to feast on Sundays. Like you said, allow yourself to have your meal, allow yourself to have a little sugar, flour, alcohol, allow yourself to let go a little bit and really treat that Sunday, you know, like a little Easter and just go to mass and glory in the Lord and his resurrection at that mass and just be so thankful to him. The, the prayers come alive, the Gloria, not during Lent, but you know, everything comes alive at mass. And then um, the uh, confidior, where I, that comes alive during Lent because it, it's, you know, in my thoughts, in my words and what I've done and what I failed to do. And it's through my fault, through my fault. Yes. Well, okay. Yes. Those thoughts that I'm having, we realize we can choose our thoughts that cause our emotions. So those thoughts are my fault. Mm-hmm. And I can take not that's not in a, a non-compassionate way. You, you just look at those thoughts now with curiosity and compassion. Like, why am I thinking that that's keeping me stuck on that hill? <laughs> mm-hmm. I can change that, but that doesn't happen overnight because yeah. thoughts are habits. So you, you just have to work on one at a time, taking one thought and really prosecuting it, looking at it, shifting it, changing it. It's almost like a little ladder. You just start going up the ladder with your thoughts to get to the truth that the Lord wants you to think mm-hmm. applying scripture to that as well. So it's, it's just beautiful and it's just, it's really actually fun. So I'm hoping Karen that next Lent 2023, you're just going to look so forward to it that oh, you and all of your girlfriends are going to be like, can't you just wait to fast? <laughs> with Beth, with Beth through Lent. Yes. I, I nearly did this year and then just too much was going on, but it's I have okay. to I have to say that with this Lent, this is the one discipline which I'm really being drawn to. And, and so I am fasting. There are different, and we have to acknowledge it's not just food, but we can fast like from social media, from the news, from hustle, from the busyness. Like there are many ways in which we can fast. And when we do that fasting, it does create this space. So when we fast from food, we can feast on the word of God. When we fast from social media, we can be with God. When we're fasting from busyness, we can be present to the present moment. So there are many ways in which we can fast. And it really is a very beautiful spiritual discipline that orders our loves. And we're doing this book, Restore by Sister Miriam Heitland, during the Lenten series with our sisterhood girls. And she talks about fasting, reordering our love so that we can have the proper end in sight and live in true freedom. So I think there's some so much in that, that fasting actually reorders our loves and our I desire for the I proper end. And you touch on that, like we're, we're journeying towards beatitude. We're ascending towards the fullness mm-hmm. of who we've been created to be in the Lord. And so fasting actually helps us to progress along that ascent, to be fully alive in Christ. And there's yes, another- absolutely. Yeah, I was just, just going to say what's funny is when you, when we fast too, if you just start it as a woman in your home, what's going to happen is everyone will follow you and you don't have to say a word. And if you just try to make you set Lent apart, so trying to watch spiritual movies, and if no one is going to watch it with you, that's fine. You just go watch them in your own bedroom, read your spiritual books, like really make it different, set, set those 40 days, those six and a half weeks, just apart from any other time of the year. And make it really real and really spiritual and do it all. 
do it all to the max so that when you arrive on Easter morning, you can, you can like breathe and know that, you know, that was Lent. I experienced, I reordered all my loves. I love that. I hadn't heard that before. And yeah, I love I, that. It's a beautiful way. And John Paul too has this beautiful quote. I'll just read it to you. It's, Penitential fasting is obviously something very different from a therapeutic diet, but in its own way, it can be considered therapy for the soul. In fact, practiced as a sign of conversion, it helps one in the interior effort of listening to God. And so I'd love to move into this, I guess, the benefits of fasting spiritually and how we can, I guess, encounter the Lord in a deeper way, in a new way, because that's what Lent is all about. And, and metanoia is also the definition of that word metanoia is to turn away from and to have a new start, a new beginning. And so this fasting that we're talking about, yes, physically has benefits, but spiritually the benefits are enormous. And, and just creating that space to hear from the Lord is very beautiful. But I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that quote from John Paul II. Oh, I love that quote from yeah. John Paul II. That's his letter on penitential fasting. Yes. yes. Um, you know, fasting will lead you in places that you've you've just never known about. If if you can just get to the point where you can get a little hungry and also steer yourself away from what you normally do. Reorder your loves. I do love that. So like if you're, if you're used to watching certain Netflix films or certain reading, certain fictional books that aren't Catholic or spiritual, if you will replace that with everything spiritual, then what'll happen is the Lord will speak to you very, very clearly. And you're going to find yourself wanting to volunteer more, wanting to help more. You'll, you'll just be so close to him and you'll just be flowing over with love. You'll, you'll start to get more patient. You'll want to pray more. The desires of your heart, he knows the desires more than we do. So he's going to reveal all of these desires that you've kind of been buffering over. You kind of knew they were there, but your focus has been on other things and possibly these limiting beliefs of like, I'm so tired, um, things that have kind of kept you in a space away from God more than, more than you would like to be. So once we start fasting, and like you said, not just off of food, but just off of some other things as well for Lent, it'll just draw you closer into him and the saints. Um, and you'll just, you'll be drawn naturally to those things that he has, he's naturally written on all of our hearts. Mm. And I think you're talking there about all the benefits, which definitely happen, but there are, there's this space sometimes for people before the benefits of there's that wrestle and that tension and the Mm. uncomfortableness and even the aversion to uh, the fasting and the stillness and just being quiet and resting in the Lord, because Sometimes we are buffering and we're busy and we're eating because we are avoiding the pain in our lives. And what fasting does is it actually reveals the ache to us. It reveals the pain. And some people find that incredibly uncomfortable. And sometimes it's easier to avoid the pain than to deal with the pain. But I think Richard Raw said, you know, the pain in our lives that is not transformed is transmitted. So when we don't deal with the stuff going on at a deeper level and we all have it, it has a way of spilling out into our relationships, in the way we speak, the way we live our life, the way we care and value ourselves. It has a huge knock-on effect. And what fasting is, is this door that's opened now and there's an invitation to enter into those places, those aches, those painful places in our life with the Lord 
we don't go there alone. Like he always comes with us. But sometimes people are really frightened to do that. So what would be your advice to women who I guess are avoiding those areas that ache in their life? So, you know, it is funny if you have to, I take it to adoration myself. And I want to tell you about a little story. I was in adoration and it was like in the late summer and I had this, I had this uh, desire to give up cream in my coffee and I love coffee and I love lots of cream in my coffee. And for the entire hour of adoration, I just um, struggled with him about whether I should give up the cream or not. If you could have heard it, you would have just laughing. You you just be like, (laughs) okay, is this real? Are you serious? They're talking about cream. Um, it must've been really important to me and I didn't know why. And I really thought I needed that in the morning. And um, so I wrestled with him and I decided I, I'm not sure if I'm going to give it up or not, but then weeks later I, I came back and it got easier. And then I decided to give that up this Lent and it's so easy. Um, I have a hard time even drinking it on Sundays right now. And I think that ache that you're talking about um you, you just have to take whatever it is to adoration and just, just be with the Lord or in your just personal prayer and just, just tell him, be very, very honest because he's with you the most in your poverty when you're honest with him. And, and what I mean is tell him, I'm so addicted to cream, Lord. I, I'm, I want to give this up for you, but I I'm having a hard time. And, and, you know, and everybody's laughing and you're laughing at yourself because you think it's so insignificant, but it's not, it's not, it, it depends on what, whatever you're attached to, what could it be? Like, could it be like this, a renovation in a house or could it be, I want this particular car or could it be, I'm very worried about a certain child or it could be uh, COVID. It could be, you know, any kind of war elections, anything. Um, and you're, you're just struggling with it and you just take it to adoration and you just, you know, ask the Lord to actually take it from you, like help you with this, soothe you with this, help me with this. And he will, he'll, he will just reach in and he will be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to help you with that. And you just keep coming to him over and over with any of these aches and he will transform that particular part of your life. Mm. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. Because the invitation is always there. And when you spoke about your experience of fasting and how you started to notice miracles and the ways in which the Lord was answering prayer and then your dreams and your mission, your purpose came alive. So we sometimes don't want to go there, but the fruit of it is incredibly beautiful. And I think one thing for women to be aware of is that you, it's like that bear song. You know that song going on a bear hunt, can't go over mm-hmm. it, have to go. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing with that ache in our hearts that we cannot go around it. We cannot avoid it. We cannot buffer it endlessly. At some point, we have to go through it. And it's like the fear on the way to the dentist. The fear is worse than actually going to the dentist. So the fear of dealing with stuff is often worse than actually dealing with it because the breakthroughs that come, the revelations and the healing, and the, the Lord wants to do holy surgery in all of our souls. He mm-hmm. wants to rewrite the scripts that we have and the enemy has piggybacked on the back of our experiences throughout our life. The Lord actually wants to rewrite and perform a holy surgery in our minds and in our souls so that we are living in freedom and we are assenting to beatitude and wholeness in him. Yes. And that fear and that anxiety, that is just a vibration in your body. It's, it's literally a chemical reaction and emotion in your body. 
that once you once you don't give in to that time over time, and once you just sit sit with it and ask the Lord to, to help you with it, then it becomes less and less over time. And you realize that you can experience any emotion and you're not going to die. You're going to be just fine. <laughs> you yeah. can experience shame, fear, challenges, anything that comes your way. You can experience it. You can get through it and not resist it, but just get through it and go to the other side. And that's actually mortification mm. and that you get the virtue of mortification. And Father Ripperger says, it's very, very difficult to learn how to, to mortify your vices and mortify the sins that are within you. But once you get to the other side of them, there's delight in that. And that's what you get on Easter morning is delight. delight. Yes, I love that word. <laughs> so there is the avoiding Beth. And but we know that when something leaves a space, like even physically, scientifically, we know when something leaves a space, something fills that space. So if we're going to be fasting and and we're going to leave food out, it creates a space. Now, we can either avoid pain or sin or dealing with stuff or we can compensate. So we can go the other way where we fill that space with something else. So the challenge and the invitation is to keep that space holy before the Lord, keep it empty so he fills it. What do you see, I guess, in women's lives of how they're compensating in other ways? Yes. So we call them, um, okay, first of all, it's the sacraments. So we definitely add daily, daily, daily prayer for sure. Um, I have tools. So we're doing a journal, a food protocol. We're going to any activity in the church that's possible, any speaking engagement, um, retreat classes. Um, and then also what kind of skills or things do you want to pick up that you just haven't before? What about your golf swing? What about, what about, um, you know, dancing with your husband, um, ballroom dancing? What about, um, the scrapbooking or artistry or, playing uh, a musical instrument? What about playing with your children? What, you know, people are, um, sometimes they just, they get their, their life is so food focused that they, they're sorry, they forget about their life. And so they, they take a lot of their time that they have that they used to spend on just cooking and eating food and spending that on time with the Lord or just wonderful time with their family or helping and directing their lives in other ways, which helps everything all the way around. Absolutely. Yeah. In the, in the Catholic Women's Masterclass, we walk women through these four rhythms of renewal and we start with the basic one of rest and then we look at restoration, connection, relationships, and finally mission and creation and where we're called to serve. Mm-hmm. And so I think for any woman, if we're, they are looking at sort of this journey of kind of delving deeper into those hidden parts of their soul, the starting place is rest. The starting place is just nurturing body, mind, soul, spirit in a very gentle way. And then sort of moving into, I guess, fasting and and being restored through the word of God and through everything that you've just mentioned. But yeah, there's so many, so many things that we can do to Yeah. And I think the main thing, what's coming up for a lot of my the women in my groups are um community loneliness. So they're eating because they're lonely, especially through COVID. we have learned sort of to be inside and uh, we're kind of shut out. We're shutting ourselves off from people and communities and groups. And so uh, the women are learning that I, I'm going to go out. I, I'm, I'm eating because I'm lonely. Or maybe I'm even sitting next to my husband watching a movie 
And I think I have to have a glass of wine and some cheese, but really what I want to do is just snuggle right up to him and just communicate and just be with him and enjoy him. And I don't necessarily need the wine and the cheese during Lent. Mm -hmm. So very interesting. And then they're just watching themselves do that. And they're being kind of stunned by themselves. They're just thinking, I'm just watching myself, not, not needing the beverage or the food and just really enjoying my husband or my family. And then again, going out into the community and going out and making prayer groups and making friends and getting together with friends again and doing things that they just didn't do before. And they were just home cooking Yes, yeah, yeah. or just watching Netflix or yeah. drinking wine or, yes. you know, reading, but I mean, but they, they were shutting themselves off and they didn't even know. No. And it becomes so subconscious, doesn't it? It's those numbing behaviors that we talk about. And in the coaching space, they're called buffering. I'm Mm -hmm. just wondering if you can touch on that for a moment. I guess for women listening, all of us buffer to some extent, you know, in our lives. So I guess some of the buffering activities you see about how women can actually, I guess, be more intentional about what they're doing and then what they can do about that. Yes. So we call that um, kind of thinking about your thinking. So the lower intellect, you know, everything comes into your five senses and, you know, you just, your thoughts, you get 60,000 thoughts a day and they're just bouncing around in your lower intellect. And sometimes you're just, it's just unconscious and you just have these habits and you're just doing them. And a lot of times, if you're going to try to do something hard, like, I mean, even just working, like if you have, if you're going to work and you have a big project that you're working on and you're thinking, I don't want to work. I don't want to work. You just have a thought like, I just don't want to work. And then you just meander either. If you're at home, you meander over to the refrigerator. If you're in an office, you go to the coffee station, there's snacks there and you're just buffering. You're trying to get away from doing the hard thing, which really isn't hard. Your brain is just telling you it's hard, (laughs) but it's really not hard. And so you just, then you have to just think about your thinking. So you take that thought, I don't really want to work. And you just bounce that up to your higher intellect and your higher intellect is talking to your will saying, you know, it's not really hard. We don't really need the coffee or the snacks. We could just go back to the desk and we could work. And so this, and then sometimes that works, but it works over time. You just have to start thinking about your thinking and just understanding that your thoughts, sometimes your brain is not telling you the truth. <laughs> I know. Funny? I know. And I think we don't realize that, do we? We trust no. our brain. We trust our thoughts and our emotions too. We're like, mm-hmm. well, we must follow this emotion because it must be telling me something. And yes, it is telling us something. But then like you're saying, we actually have the ability to think about that and then to intentionally respond with yeah. what we're actually going to do with what we're going to do based in, I guess, this ordering of our loves and desires and where we actually want to go in our life. Yes. And we have to always be thinking too, you know, am I, so our, our thoughts, um, is this coming out of love and abundance or our thoughts, are they filled with love and abundance? Because that, that are, that's going to be thoughts that are coming from Jesus. And then our thoughts create that emotion. And if your thoughts are out of love and abundance, then that's going to create a, a really nice emotion for you. And then the actions come from our emotions. So we're going to be acting out of love and our thoughts always end up in our results. So that's, that's, that's the ticket but it's just being able to try to watch our thoughts and try to come up with shift over, you know, degree by degree to these loving thoughts mm-hmm. and then just prosecute our thoughts and say, is this true? Is, is what my, it was what I'm thinking true because a lot of times it's just not even true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, it's just fear. It's just your brain giving you fear or shame 
that you don't even deserve. Yeah. Um, and if you do deserve it, if you do do something like, for instance, I don't know, walk on stage with, you know, toilet paper on your heel in front of a hundred people, it happens. Then, you know, you don't have to eat through that. You know, that if you're, if you're experiencing shame, you know, that you can just, and you're turning all red, you can just feel it, just feel it. Yes. And you can say to yourself, this is shame. I've, I've felt this before and I don't have to have a drink over it and I don't have to eat over it. I don't have to buffer or smoke or do anything over it. I can just feel it. It's just a vibration in my body. I feel this. I can offer it up to Jesus, unite my suffering with his and offer that for an intention that you might have. And that's why you can fast through anything, not just food. Like you said, through anything all year round. It's just, it's a mindset. Absolutely. And and I think so this mindset area is a radical new way of living, which, you know, we, we know based on that scripture, be renewed by the transformation of your mind and take mm-hmm. every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. Like, do we actually understand what those two scriptures mean? Like, do we, do we fully grasp the reality of what that means for our life? That, like you said, we can think about our thinking. Our thoughts do not have to dictate or in our emotions like how we respond we can actually choose how we respond and I think there's it's such a sacred space this area of our thought life and bringing that before the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to us I guess the mindsets that are keeping us contained that are holding us back that are preventing us from living that abundant love-filled life that the Lord wants for us keeping us contained in scarcity negativity Um, less than in shame in fear there's so much of that in the lives of women and what I'd love to say to all women is that that is not what you are made for that is not what God intends for you like he doesn't want that that's why he came in this Lent we have this invitation to go into those secret places into the desert area of our soul and ask him to reveal to us those areas so that he can bring about his restoration and his healing Yes, absolutely. It's beautiful. Oh, Beth, thank you so much. I think I would love to direct women to what you're doing in terms of this fasting space. So where can women find you on Instagram and on the internet? So I'm um, thecatholicfastingcoach.com and on Instagram and LinkedIn and uh, Facebook, same thing, thecatholicfastingcoach. Fantastic. So if if ladies would like to follow up and get some one-on-one coaching, she's brilliant. (laughs) She coached me through a few things. So fantastic. Check out what Beth has. Now, Beth, I'm wondering whether or not you'd be open to just closing in prayer for us and just praying, I guess, over the women as we end. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for Karen and the communication of how much we love you and we care for you. And we just, we want to fast for you. Uh, We know that you are always with us. We know that the Holy Spirit is within our bodies and we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And we want to honor you with our bodies. We want to honor you with our souls. We want to fast for you and we need your help in every area of our lives. Come into our minds, come into our hearts and our souls and be with us, Jesus, as as we work to build up the virtue within us and within all women listening here, Lord, just bless us, Lord, help us, Lord, to live our mission and to live out our dreams in your honor. With the intercession of the Blessed Mother and all the holy angels, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, 
I really hope and pray that that conversation is giving you some food for thought and the Holy Spirit has perhaps revealed some areas in your life where you can go deeper with Him and perhaps where you can begin this journey of reordering your loves and your desires so that you can grow into the fullness of who God created you to be. If you'd like to explore any of Beth's resources and programs, please visit her website, www.catholicfastingcoach.com. Ladies, once again, it's not too late to sign up for our Lenten retreat. If you'd like to do so, the link is in our bio on our Instagram page, genius underscore project underscore daily, or you can find the link in the show notes to this podcast episode. Until next week, ladies, I hope and pray that you are able to engage this pillar of fasting in your life, that you have a blessed week, and we look forward to you joining us again on the Genius Podcast next week.